Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. diamond. Experience! Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience podcast for Monday, July 14th, 2014. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and hopefully you all had an awesome weekend and that this podcast will provide you with some sort of entertainment on your Monday. There hasn't really been a lot of news to come out since uh, since last episode. It's been kind of a busy work week for me, so I haven't had much of a chance to really look into the news uh, with pop culture or sports or anything. Well, I guess the big story is that uh, LeBron James is going back home to Cleveland. For those of you that follow the NBA, you definitely already know that story. I'm actually happy with it because I'm not a LeBron hater like a lot of people have been since he went to Miami. And I always had a feeling that he would go back to his hometown and finish out his career there. And the team is much better than it was before he left. So I think he actually has a legitimate shot to win another ring or two while he's in Cleveland. The only thing is they'll have to actually consistently have him some help because that's where he differs from Michael Jordan is that he can't do it by himself. But like I said, I'm happy that he went back to Cleveland and I think it's going to be him and Kyrie Irving are going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, once the NBA season starts. And the other big thing that happened in the sports world is that Germany is your World Cup champions. I'm actually recording this intro on Sunday night, and they beat Argentina earlier today. So congratulations to Germany. They had a hell of a run during the World Cup. I know they beat the United States. They destroyed Brazil in the semifinals. So they definitely deserve to win the World Cup, and congratulations to them. Another thing that happened to me is I actually suffered a leg injury of some type. I don't know exactly what's wrong with me. I just know that uh, we were kind of playing around being immature, dumb boys in the press box a few days ago. It was actually, uh, it was Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday afternoon. And I decided to pull off my best Kevin Durant impression and try and ring this little basket that was in the top corner of the press box in the production room. And whenever I jumped and landed on my leg, I, or landed on my feet, I heard my right knee pop, and I couldn't put any weight on it for a few minutes. And it's not as bad as it was then. It's kind of a struggle to walk up and down steps, but if I'm sitting down or if even I'm standing up and walking, then I'm perfectly fine. So I'm going to give it another couple of days and see how how I feel by Tuesday or Wednesday, and hopefully uh, it'll get better. But if not, then I will definitely go get it looked at. And the last thing that I really have to discuss, because like I said, there's not really that much in the news, but uh, I will be once again working on the Actor Factor set this upcoming weekend. I'll be there on Sunday. We're shooting at a coffee shop in Niceville, Florida, which will be fun. I'm actually going to be shooting... Uh, like a behind-the-scenes featurette. I'll be, ironically, I'll be interviewing the cast members, just asking them different things about the shoot, you know, stuff that might be going on that day or whatever else I feel like asking them. 
And it's kind of ironic that I'm doing that because uh, I believe with the exception of one, I've interviewed the entire cast of the Actor Factor for the show, or the main cast anyway. Uh, I believe there's one girl that I haven't talked to yet, but hopefully I can get her on the show eventually. And to keep you guys updated, I did record several interviews uh, this past week, one which you'll be hearing momentarily with the rock band Timberhawk, uh, next week, I'll have Marianne Del Gallego, and I actually pronounced that name correctly. Uh, she'll be on next week. The following week, which will be July 28th, will be visual effects designer for NetherRealm Studios' Jeffrey Larkin. So all you gamers will definitely enjoy that episode. And the following week, I'll have Michelle Rhodes, who is also in the Actor Factor. So a uh, lot of good interviews over the past week. Or I guess I should say conversations. I, I'm trying to get away from the interview term and just call them conversations because I, I like to consider this to be a conversation type show. So that's what you'll be hearing over the next few weeks. And I, I have some other guests in mind for August and September that hopefully will work out. But for this week, we will be venturing into the world of local Gulf Coast music with Timberhawk. I met Nathan who is the, uh, one of the guitarists and also does some vocals, I believe. I met him back at Pensacon. We worked on the Pensacon documentary together. And I had heard of their band, but I would never actually heard them play until uh, Gallery Night, which was that Friday of Pensacon. Gallery Night is this huge local event that takes place downtown. All of Palafox Street, which is the main road in downtown, is completely shut off or shut down to vehicles so people can walk around and look at various forms of art. And it's kind of an excuse to go drink and look at pictures and listen to music. But I heard them there for the first time. I thought they were really, really good. And they were some of the first guests that I actually had in mind when I started doing this show. So everything worked out, and I got to talk with Nathan along with Aubrey and Matt, other members of the band. And they were really cool guys. They were nice enough to stop by here and have a nice conversation with me. So sit back, and before we get to the actual conversation, we will be listening to uh, one of their songs that I found on their website, and I'm using this with permission, by the way. Uh, it's called 50,000 Days by Timberhawk. So sit back and listen to this song, and we'll be right back with Timberhawk. Yeah. 
here on the Derek Diamond Experience with my three special guests this week from the local band Timberhawk. We have Aubrey, Matt, and Nathan. Guys, how's it going? It's good. Very good. 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 Thank you very much for joining me on the show. This is actually the first time I've interviewed more than two people at once, so it'll be interesting to see how this goes. We've got kind of a, a big setup here. Yeah. So... Um, where are all of you guys from? Are you from the Pensacola area or have you moved from somewhere else? Well, Matt and I are brothers, um, and we were one year apart. So me and him grew up primarily in Miami until we were about four and five respectively. And then, uh, moved to, then since then though, Pensacola, um, for the last 20, 25 years or so. Pretty much life. I've lived here my entire life. Cool. What do you guys remember anything about Miami and what it was like there? I do. I mean, I personally it's a lot of crime. Yeah, I remember a lot of crime. <laughs> um, helicopter lights and <laughs> I remember it being very noisy and dirty. Um, this is a young younger person's memory, so I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of fun to it. But yeah, I remember it being dirty and loud, and I was happy to move up here from Miami. I don't know. Matt, Matt may have a different take. I just. One of the only memories that I have, and it's weird, but uh, it was in the middle of the night, and there was literally a helicopter spotlight in our backyard. 
And I woke really? up and walked out, and my dad was like, get back in the room, and that's all I remember of it, so. That's pretty crazy. It, Miami <laughs> is actually the only major city in Florida that I have yet to visit. Yeah. But I, I've heard I've heard good things. I've heard, you know, if you go, go to the beach, but. I'm sure it's great now, like, like he was saying, like, I haven't been there in 20-something years, so. Yeah. I'm sure it's great, but that's just my <laughs> memory about it. Yeah. I think the last time we went there, it was with another band. Me and Aubrey went there, and there was some pretty eventful things that happened. <laughs> remember people like asking if they could, you know, hold our equipment for us, which I guess is like, you know, kind of something to well, say if they want to take your stuff. But yeah, I, well, I just I remember getting into Little Haiti, and um, we got stuck. We got lost. Because Miami's huge and extremely confusing to drive around in, and there's so many different parts. And we got stuck in Little Haiti, the six of us, because there was a bus that had wrecked into a into a forerunner, and the driver was just sitting there laying on the wheel crying. And it was it was just a whole weird scene, and you know, it started raining, so we got finally found our way to the venue. But yeah, I mean, like I said, me and Matt grew up there. I went back there with Reynosa, a band that me and Nathan were in before this one and again wasn't that impressed it's just such a mm -hmm. it's a hectic it's a crazy crazy place it's just a lot going on what did you say the band name was? Reynosa how did you guys form that? Um, it was actually me and Jordan Jordan had written a bunch of songs and um, he was good friends with our other keyboard player way back when and um just started writing the three of us we got a couple different drummers at the time and then the old keyboard player left and that's when Aubrey came in yeah I, I came in and play, they asked me to play keys in the band and um, we started we'd all it, it was five of us in the band three of us are in um, Timberhawk now it was me Jordan and Nathan and then two other friends of ours from high school um, you know and all of us except for Nathan went to high school together and uh so that's how we met each other. And then I came and started playing piano with him, and off we went for about two years. We did a bunch of touring, and then, I don't know, things happened, I guess. Yeah. Growing up, were all three of you huge music fans? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, without like, a doubt. Like, who were some of your, like, favorite bands or musicians when you were growing up, and maybe, like, some of your favorite ones uh, currently? Well, very early on, like, I... Well, to be to be quite honest, the earliest music I can really remember listening to was Peter Gabriel. My dad was a big fan <laughs> yeah. of the time, and that, and I still absolutely love almost everything he's ever done. So that stuck with me. And then, of course, around middle school and stuff, I got really into like punk, like the Lagwagon and Strung Out, and all that. You know, the No Effects, like the Epitaph bands, and that kind of thing. And then um, somewhere around high school, eventually, you know. Just start. I think I think Iron and Wine. The first time I heard Iron and Wine, I was like, "This is something that I want to listen to more of and do more of." And uh, and then, um, yeah, and then just for me, it just went from there into every music. I was like, "Oh, okay, I want to hear everything I can and listen to all of it." I think for me, like I grew up in kind of a religious household, and mm -hmm. there was a lot of like, you know, there was a lot of like, you know, quote unquote secular music that they were like, "You, you shouldn't be listening to that." But still, like my parents would talk about. The Beatles and Zeppelin and stuff like that. So, you know, 
There was little rebellion in there. A little, yeah. a little bit of rebellion. That's I think where my musical tastes <laughs> come from. Mostly, <laughs> I definitely got into the punk scene for a while. But what about uh, some of the uh, bands you listen to currently? Let me think. Who do, who have I been listening to a lot of? I'm really digging. I mean, I've personally been digging Galactic a lot. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think their their like their style is so energetic and makes you want to move. But it's very very because of I think because of Stan Moore's drumming. There, it's so very original, but it still harkens to like that Gulf Coast vibe, which mm-hmm. I think I personally think is different than the Southern music vibe. I think that yeah. the Louisiana, the Gulf Coast has a different feel and. Um, soul to its music, and it's that's more what of a I did. Happy soul. Yeah, Galactic is somebody I've been listening to a lot lately because they're really sort of pushing the envelope of the Gulf Coast style of music. But then always, you know, I'm always listening to the band, and I'm always listening to like Radiohead and yeah. the Strokes. I guess. Yeah, Strokes are good. Mm-hmm. I like them. When did you first start playing uh, instruments? Like. What was the first instrument you played, and were you like a kid when you started high school? Uh, like, what what age were you, I guess, when you started? Was it? I was I was sixteen. Yeah, you know, I was you know really. Yeah, I was I was sixteen. I had no. I actually had no idea because his family is really musical, mm-hmm. and I would have thought you started when you were like two. Well, they start. I was in second grade, and they started me on the piano. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't like this. I want to draw pictures. I want to skateboard, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But when I was 16, I decided like I want a guitar. So my dad mm-hmm. took took me out for my birthday and got me a guitar and this little practice amp that had like a distortion channel on it. He's like, all right, now don't touch that distortion <laughs> <laughs> because that's where the devil lives. Ground <laughs> the devil's doorbell. <laughs> so he wouldn't be there, and I'd turn that on and start. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fine. I guess because yeah, me and Matt actually started. I guess in the grand scheme of musicians, we started pretty late too. Um, I was when I was twelve, I think. My folks got me a drum set, and I liked it. But um, and I got Matt the guitar. Liked, Matt liked it better. I played, took and, guitar lessons for so two then years yeah, they got just... him a guitar, and I was always going and stealing the guitar. So it just made sense to switch. Except the only thing was he's lefty and I'm right-handed, so we had to. We both learned our current instruments backwards the first, or upside down. You know, I learned guitar I upside down. I still play guitar upside down and, yeah. way better than I do right now. <laughs> way better. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And he learned to play drums on a right-handed kit and then switched to lefty. But, yeah, we started we, we started late. We were like, you know, 12, 13. I think Jordan was around the same age, maybe 14, when he started playing guitar. So we just really... When you start something at that like you know that age, I guess right when you're getting into high school or something, you go into it with such like gusto. You know, it seems like you go into it. We put everything you have into it, especially if it's not what your folks are forcing you to do or what. Yeah. You know, like if it's, you know, if it's a little bit off the beaten path and it seems cool to you, you put everything you have into it, and that's what we all did as soon mm-hmm. as we first picked up instruments. And honestly, now when we started late, but I have no. I can't really remember what it what it was like to not know how to play, you know, an instrument or music or anything like that because it was just from that from the point we started. I think I can speak for all of us when I say it was pretty much every single day until now. From the point that we started, we've either thought about it, written something, practiced some in some form or another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Matt, were you in any other bands before Timberhawk? I played in a band called Chainsaw Kelly. That was more, I mean, it was all, 
mostly original music and some covers, but it was it was more of a uh, have fun type of vibe. Not really like serious band, just you know, drink beers, have a good time. It was fun, mm-hmm. but uh, like, yeah. a, like a blues band, but a booze band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that. And then a booze just, blues band, right? Yeah. It, I mean, and it was so relaxed that like the band just literally like fizzled away like it's it's kind of funny i still don't know how we broke up as a band it just kind of was like the the you know i I actually think the band's still together i think i mean as far as i last well i I know dawn but i guess they go under a different name but they're just like it just kind of stopped yeah (laughs) like I don't know. It well, it weird. might it might have had to do with you leaving to join another band. <laughs> yeah, remember I think a little bit annoying. Band called Timber at the time. <laughs> well, you know that's how you see it. <laughs> I see it just kind of fizzling out. But <laughs> uh, how long was that band together? Uh, two years. Two years. Two years. Okay. So when when did you guys decide to form Timberhawk? That was before me. Yeah, that was before me. Yeah, the the story of Timberhawk started as a um, Reynosa broke up. Like I explained before, that you know Reynosa broke up, and me, Jordan, and Josh Barnhill, the drummer from Reynosa, we wanted to make money. We just decided, you know, screw getting jobs. We'd rather just go play music for money. So we did a bunch of cover gigs and stuff like that as a three piece for a while, and then uh, Nathan joined the band in let's say 2010. Yeah, it was, I guess it would be right at the end of 2009. Mm-hmm. And then Matt joined a year, year and a half later, um, somewhere around there. Possibly two years later. I think it was only about a year later, though. And uh, the, and really, honestly, we could probably call that the starting point of the formation of Timberhawk, because that's when we d- decided to do um, original music, start touring, make an album, you know, do all this stuff that... The real bands, dude. Yeah. <laughs> How many albums have you guys made? We've got one. We have one full length, mm-hmm. and then we've got three singles that we've thus, you know, made available. One of them's a well, they're all sort of um, demos, if you will, demo versions or whatever. Right. Not, not highly, you know, glossed or anything. And then we have three in the bullpen right now, and then uh, I think I think there'd be two that we're currently recording. We've always done the recording DUI in some form or another, mm-hmm. um, whether it be DIY. What did I say? DUI. DUI. <laughs> did I really? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Right. Well, we no, we don't. We don't always from... drive drunk when we record. <laughs> <laughs> Only when we have to. That's a good one. I hope, I, was just leave, going, I hope you leave that on there. I was just going along with it. I'm thinking, well, I don't think he means driving under the influence. Must We're be a very some DUI band. Yeah, <laughs> some. I guess that's some music term I've never heard of. Okay, yeah, I'll go with it. Uh, it means the same thing. <laughs> oh. so if I were to ask you, like, compare your band to, you know, like a, a mainstream band that you'd hear on the radio, like, wh- what do you compare yourselves to? Like your style. Hmm. That's a tough question. Yeah, that's the that's the one I never. I think it's tricky because everybody in the band pulls from different, you know, resources. Yeah, the easier question would probably be to ask each person individually, like, who would you like? Who do you try and bring to the band? You know, yeah, who's the influence that you try and bring? Um, 
because yeah, our band it, it it's it's tough because we for one we only have you know maybe we've only released seventeen songs all in all that anyone's ever heard that are original that are actually out there to listen to. So mm-hmm. it's hard to yeah base it off that yet, you know. And all of our tastes are so different from each other. I don't think. I mean, I don't. I don't have a clue what you listen to. Well, I don't either. Well, it's, I think it's <laughs> like know? a, a and constantly you evolving I thing. Yeah, I know exactly what you listen to. Well, yeah, because it you annoys do. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being, um, No, I think I think it's one of those things where everyone's like pulling from so many different you know influences, and then I know from speaking for myself, it's constantly changing because mm-hmm. there's just so much absorption you know i there's for me there's basics that are almost too easy to say because there's from you know there's always something to be learned or to be gained from the beatles and what they did throughout their career obviously and that's an easy one mm-hmm. um but i like for me personally um as far as songwriting like composition not necessarily the sounds or the notes that are played but just the way the song feels and flows and the lyrics and what it means I you know for me Levon Helm and Jackson Brown's word is bond I listen intently to how they create their songs and how they weave lyrics in and out and stuff like that um, those are the people that I try and bring to the table as far as songwriting goes um, I think for myself it's more of a textural thing you know, mm-hmm. it's not any, maybe any one uh, band or single musician, but just like overall tones and sounds, you know, melodies, stuff like that. So. Uh, Matt, if I were to ask you, like, what individually do you think you pull from, what would it be? Uh, funk drummers. Funk drummers? That's, that is my absolute favorite drumming type yeah. of rhythm that I could, I mean... I can listen to just just a funk beat, nothing else, all day long, mm-hmm. and my day would be great. <laughs> and it, yeah. see it's now this is and this music. all becomes confusing for someone that's never heard us or even has heard us because there's no f- real funk. You know, a lot of this stuff doesn't. You know, we don't have funk drums on the album. Yeah. It's just what Matt brings to like. You know, that's why it's hard to say. It's hard to say Timberhawk is like influenced heavily right, by funk right. drumming because. Really, you'd never hear that when you listen to the album, but yeah. There's, there's subtle nuances, but yeah, mm-hmm. like it, yeah. there's not a yeah. s- strict, you know, funk beat on any of our songs, but. Yeah. Well, that's, that's actually good that you individually bring something because it makes your band unique. Because I could talk to, say, some other local band and they could say, oh, well, we were like the Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. or we're like sure. Three Doors Down, but the fact that you all individually bring something I, I think is really, really cool. It causes a lot of arguments. Too. Yeah, it, I mean, certainly. <laughs> pros and cons. But it does make for, if nothing else, it makes for something organic. Yeah. Something, you know, something real. Yeah, that's that's actually really good. But after you guys formed your band, where did you play your first show? Matt, did you play the show at the Handlebar with Nathan? Because I remember making a bunch of flyers that said Nathan's back. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but no, I don't think. No. Okay, I don't think. What was the first show that you played with us? Was it just like an island? It was. Gig? It was at the break, and you called me while I was eating dinner at eight thirty. Mm. They're like, "Can you yeah. play?" This may have been 10? Christmas night. Was this Christmas night? Because I remember that was. It was a really busy night. Yeah, I think I actually think it was Christmas night because our drummer 
that was like the gig that he quit on and he didn't come he didn't go to the gig so we were like oh my god we gotta get a drummer I specifically remember a Tuesday um, a Tuesday gig at Seville um, at what was it Um, Lily Marlene's inside Mm -hmm. and Josh texted all of us and was like Hey guys, sorry to do this, but I can't play with y'all anymore. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, he broke up with us through a text. That's what it was. That, yeah. <laughs> and then like that next weekend, I was like, hey, can you play? Then with the us? next it weekend, was a yeah, really crazy weekend. I remember y'all's first. Man, I'm, was I'm, it was it the hot dog party? Because I remember, <laughs> yes. I remember how the, I re- this that's weird, the best I story. There, I, you know, what? I, I think remember every how the every time a hot gig is a hot dog party. <laughs> <laughs> to be quite, I'll I'll explain what he's saying. Yeah, real it sounds quick. really weird. Though. When the three piece first formed, <laughs> like when it was just me, Jordan, and Josh. Yeah, you got to be careful where you say that. We decided to have our first show, and we did it in you know the backyard of this house we had down on Belmont and Villers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was on a parking lot, like our backyard was just fenced in parking lot. And we were like, we want to have a show, but like we don't have a good venue. Why don't we just, what are we going to do? So we, what we ended up doing is build a stage in this backyard in, in the hood. And then we thought, how are we going to get people to come to this show at this janky house in the hood? So my idea was free hot dogs. So that's what we did. We had this big show, probably about 150, 200 people came. And we got a huge vat, like a crawfish cooker, 15-gallon tub, and fired up about 100 hot dogs. And, um, yeah, and had a big old Timberhawk hot dog party. A hot dog boil. And yeah. I, w- I wasn't in the band at this point. Yeah, but, this was the very first thing. You were there, though. But I was there, yeah. yeah. The, the band that I was playing with was, you know, in town at the moment, and we went so mm-hmm. and I just... Vividly remember how much fun they looked like they were having. I remember how <laughs> being many a little bit jealous. Yeah, flew around well, there. the <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of roaches when night fell. All the hundreds of hot dogs brought hundreds of roaches. I think it was the lights because as y'all were playing, it's just it became a debacle. But it was a fun. It was a very fun night. We had a good time. So hot dogs, kind of your. Your thing, I guess. <laughs> Pretty, Pretty much, yeah. Well, that's not a bad thing. Since people, the beginning. Let's people, make that official. Yeah. yeah. That is, I think we just did. Hot dogs <laughs> or timber hogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are some venues that you guys have played in town? Um, at this point, it's close Every to you name it. Yeah, yeah. Close there's, to you name it? There's few that I we haven't played. I mean, we've played yeah. the Sanger. We've played vinyl many times. Nathan has played the Civic Center with a different band. Um, so the Civic Center is the one I can think of that Timberhawk has not played. Uh, oh, the, we hadn't played the Wahoo Stadium yet. We had an offer last um, April. Last the April, yeah, yeah, but we didn't end up. Uh, something fell. It through. rained. It rained really okay. horrible that whole weekend. So, Never. but yeah, I, I can't. I don't know. I, I you'd be it'd be tough to find a venue we haven't done in this town now. Oh, what are some of your favorite venues to play at? Certainly vinyl mm-hmm. is, it's got to be my favorite in town because they, I uh, like, you know, disco and the people that work there do a really good job. Um, mm-hmm. They care. Generally seem to care about their work. It, believe it or not, it's tough to find a sound guy that even cares about the sound, mm-hmm. which seems counterintuitive, but it's true. There's a lot of guys that just don't care. And just, that happened a couple of weeks ago. Where, yeah. We won't say where. No, it, it happened though. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, the band I was telling you guys about, the Unicorn Wranglers, they played at Vinyl in March, mm. and they were surprised that the people there actually really cared mm-hmm. about the sounds. So that's they're really good there. They, they care good. about their reputation. That's yeah, the, you know, that's the cool thing. It's not like oh, I'll just 
put the mics on here. They actually, you know, what everyone else is hearing is what they did basically, you know, yeah. sound wise. So yeah, they do a legit sound check. What they do, which is awesome. Yeah. And we have a really great relationship with Disco up there too. So. Mm-hmm. I like to think he maybe gives us like special attention. <laughs> it's probably just the fact that he's he just does, pro, it, very, very, so. does a good job. Do you guys have any shows coming up? Almost always, yeah. I mean, we're we're doing in the summertime. We're always playing. We're doing like four hour sets at dip all around the beach and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Right off the top of my head, I know we're out at uh, the Islander all weekend for the Blue Angel weekend or whatever. So, um, yeah, this week, the Islander, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. Play at Seville, like, once a month? Yeah, we play we play Seville Quarter once a month. Um, you guys play at Hub Stacy's, play right? every Wednesday at Hub Stacy's, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's the stripped down, like, um, yeah, we play acoustic instruments. I play an upright bass. He plays a smaller drum set, and it's very, like, mellow except for me i still bring electric guitar and all my pedals and amp and they try to he stifle annoys. me and I, I just won't listen to it i'm stubborn if they can't take the noise then they can leave right that's right exactly yeah that that's uh, i haven't heard a band there but it's one of my favorite places to go eat oh it's awesome in town yeah that's the nicest thing about my wednesdays now is showing up to that gig early and get one of the fat sandwiches yeah i'll have to come check you guys out on a wednesday yeah wednesday i think except for this one because we're at bamboo willies oh okay i'll tell you we're we really it's hard to we're always somewhere it's hard to miss us i think this summer is like wednesday through sunday every week yep Mm -hmm. well that's good september yeah that's really good yeah, it's good. This is the time of year. It's like there's harvest, there's feast and famine in this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Once it gets so, cold, it's like you get yeah. antsy. Everybody wants to stay inside. Mm-hmm. So besides music, what are some other like individual interests you guys have? Because I know we worked at Pensacon together mm-hmm. with the documentary they were yeah, doing. I so do, I do a lot of photography, um, art, graphic design. It's you know I graduated last year and just been kind of like freelancing and from UWF. From uh, PSC. Oh, okay. And yeah, so it's it, it's like either really art or music or my dog <laughs> hanging out with my dog. So you're a child of the arts, basically. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, I love I love photography myself. I'm not any good at it, but I like doing it. I don't think I'm good at any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> things that I do. As long as you have fun doing it, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, what about you guys? Um, I kind of developed a weird obsession with watches over the past year and a half and if it's not drums or music i'm looking at some watch i want to buy or just so you collect watches i'm slowly starting to oh, okay but it's bizarre but you know well you, you don't <laughs> you don't ever meet anybody that collects watches you know you've got people who collect stamps or some other yeah. generic thing but I, I i like it when someone tells me they have some kind of off the wall collection Usually, if they if someone collects watches, they're really wealthy. And me, I'm not wealthy in any way whatsoever. <laughs> so, it's more I like to look at them and then collect some of well, them. And steal. <laughs> and and then, well, and steal. Well, he steals watches. I gotta interject you know. there too. First interjection is interjection is I think it makes perfect sense for a drummer to collect watches. So a time. My life is time. Piece. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But I hear you talking about them all the time, and I think it's more the. The work that goes. How they're made. I, I could care less about a watch until I hear him start telling me all the technology that's thousands of years old that still goes into, you know, good watches. He though. makes you interested in the mm-hmm. watch. Yeah, sure. 
What kind of watches do you have? Um, I just recently bought a Tag Heuer, which is the nicest one I have from a really good deal from a friend of mine. But um, I've I've got a bunch, but that's that's my favorite right now. Um, and let me think. What do I? I like to I like to sail. I, I really, if it's not music, and it is. As with all of us, it's 65 to 70% music. Mm-hmm. Like, even on my off time, I'm usually just sitting around playing piano or playing drums or something. Um, but I like I like things that have to do with the water and the beach. Mm-hmm. So I, I sail as often as I can. If I can't sail, I'll, um, I don't know. If there's surf, go surf. I like you know, Or go fish or whatever. Yeah. I really like to be near salt water and, or be in the salt water, so... That reminds me, I, I like to go outside sometimes, too. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then you uh, like to go outside. Yeah, me and my girlfriend do a lot of hiking, so mm-hmm. oh, I'm, not, I'm not indoors all the time. Well, it's, it's funny, too, just, though, because I, most of the time. I feel like... hiking, though. Yes. Oh, yeah. I feel, it's still, <laughs> right, yeah. I feel like I should explain, too, because watch collecting and sailing both sound like rich people hobbies, but they're yeah. not. They're, we're not rich it's people. It's an illusion. Like, uh, um... Give us we your just money. we buy. I'm in the middle of me and my dad are in the middle. Actually, just came today from being down in the belly of a dirty, nasty sailboat that we just bought. We're restoring and putting back together, and that's mm-hmm. sort of half the fun of it. But yeah, we're not Timberhawk's not like some Oxford, Connecticut like <laughs> rich like guy Vampire band. Weekend, yeah, man. I, not exactly. I, I picture them as being very wealthy for some reason. I love their music, but they just well, trust fund babies. It comes, yeah. Doesn't their music kind of come off like you should be like on a yacht or something? Yeah, like, I had to sell the Jaguar this week. It's, it has that <laughs> well, it has that super carefree quality about yeah, it. That's like, like, oh, you've never had a problem. Like the in talented Mister Ripley. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like the Eagles. How. I can't stand the Eagles because their music just sounds like they're so Yelling rich. Lebowski, yeah. They're just, yeah. Yeah. The well, just, they're just telling you about how awesome their life is and their music. I'm like, thanks, man. It's bring me down. So now for your next show, you should all wear expensive tuxedos, <laughs> play your guitars with your pinky out. Oh, you yeah. Can, you can have like six watches That's, on yeah. your wrist. Yeah. Or a pocket yeah. watch. There you go. That's, yeah. that I'll wear awesome. one of those goofy captain's hats. <laughs> yeah. Have the bartender bring me, I don't know, Louis or tea. Yeah. No, cappuccinos or little espressos. Yeah. <laughs> and Nathan can wear a monocle over exactly. his eye. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> be a quick way to lose all of our go. fans. <laughs> or, or just gain a whole bunch because that would be really weird. Yeah, that's to true. See. If you promoted that, I, I could, I would go to that just to see. Timberhawks rich. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the, way, the way we would pull it off would be just like we just wear like. Makeshift tuxedos, and we just look like we're at a Tom Jones concert. <laughs> yeah, we get, a, get a little sweaty and a little yeah. tipsy before <laughs> you go straight Vegas lounge. I left all my accessories at home. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Uh, do you guys have a website or any uh, social media you'd like to plug? We do. Yeah, just uh, just check us out on Facebook. You, we've got there's Timberhawk Time, which is the quote unquote the person. Mm-hmm. That is Timberhawk, and then there's Timberhawk, which is the band of Timberhawk. But yeah, if you hit us up, we both uh, Facebook's the way to go. We also have a website that is TimberhawkMusic.com. It's really more of a blog and more of just like a sort of a, maybe a monthly news update. We um, have a Twitter that I don't update as much as I should. Yeah, that's at Timberhawk Rock. Timberhawk Rock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we have an Instagram account which is Timberhawk Music. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've started to 
delve into Instagram a little bit. It's, I still prefer Facebook over any of the other social media, but Instagram's pretty fun too because you get the the filters and everything. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a lot of people now are delving away from Twitter and going to Instagram I from think what so. I've seen. Well, I, I definitely have. It's the same thing, but with pictures. So yeah, well, that's, to me, it's like, come on. That's was, the whole thing. Like Facebook, you get all these little names where you're scrolling. These, you get like the whole screen is one whole thing. Then the next one is one whole mm-hmm. thing. You know, it's not like you can scan. You have to see them. So. Less advertisements. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Do you guys have any other shows coming up after the Blue Angel weekend? Because this will technically air after uh, yeah. Angel weekend. Yeah, let me uh, consult the consult my assistant here. So, but next Sorry. Monday, I know we'll have Seville within mm-hmm. the next two weeks. We'll have a weekend there. I've actually never went to watch music at Seville. Okay, so the 18th and 19th, we're at the break out on Pensacola Beach, which is a, a neat little spot. That'll be so, yeah, f- July 18th and that Friday and Saturday, we're both at the break those nights. What about the week after that? And then the week after that, we'll be at Seville Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the 24th, 25th, and 26th. Seville Quarter, end of the alley, back there. We have a good time. That's a good spot. It's really, when people who haven't seen us at Seville, when they're like, oh, you're playing at Seville, it's, end of the alley is a whole different experience than Seville. You know, you think Seville, you think clubbing. I, I kind of think it's, well, it's different. It's more mm-hmm. uh, comfortable at end of the alley. You know, they have okay. all the rooms that are. It's more relaxed. There's not let, a ton of flashing lights. Yeah, and, you know, you know, you're not gonna have a seizure at any point because mm-hmm. of a strobe light or get a drink dumped on you on accident because it's mm-hmm. stuffing sardines into a room. But yeah. All right, well, guys, thanks for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I had a blast. Yeah, thank, you. thank you for having us. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. Once again, I'd like to thank Nathan, Aubrey, and Matt from Timberhawk for coming over and having a really nice conversation with me about music and how they grew up and how they met and how the band was formed and all that fun stuff. It was really nice getting to know them a little bit better and to really have a full conversation with them. And uh, next week, we will be going back to the Actor Factor and the Lost Souls film with actress Marianne Del Gallego and that was a really fun conversation as well so so you'll definitely want to tune in next week and don't forget you can follow the show on Twitter at ddiamondexp like the show on Facebook at the Derek Diamond Experience and you can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore Diamond and I believe that's all I have so I'll see you guys next Monday on July 21st (laughs) 